0: Hey, marhaba! what's up, guys? Welcome to the all new season two on the AZ podcast. Season one garnered an amazing response, and here we are with the season two. I'm your host, Zed Desai, and my co host, Atik Khan. All right, we don't have that lag over there. So, yeah, Atik, take it away. Yeah, I so, won't be speaking a lot this time.
1: <laughs> so, we're not going to waste any more time. I mean, I'll directly jump to the, you know, the, the, the matter for today. Which is uh, our first guest of season two. So, our first guest of uh, season two is someone who's very dynamic. Uh, personally, for me, he's been an inspiration because uh, he went from being a cafe administrator in December of 2000 to currently the IT head of uh, Pepsi in Oman. So, I'm pretty sure you guys know what Pepsi is. If you don't, then I don't know what to say. Uh, but yeah, so without any further ado, can we please welcome our guest for the first ep- episode of season two, Mr. Mohammed Amin?
0: Claps, 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 claps. With that, you've also earned yourself a free ticket to Oman, I believe. <laughs> yes. All right. Welcome to the podcast, uh, sir. So, Atik knows a lot about you. I have heard a lot about you. But for our listeners, can you can you tell us something about yourself?
2: Guys, first of all, I'm quite amazed. And, uh, you know, it, it has taken a bit for me to actually think about this uh, because... Uh, you know, the person who is in, uh, in in discussion with me or in talks with me is a is a is a, is a boy that was born in front of me. So that is that is that is that is quite a uh, that is quite a story to tell, you know, for anybody in the future. That my nephew who was born in front of me now is taking a kind of a podcast, <laughs> which is which is good, which is good, and I like the maturity. Of where this is going, and uh, I said yes to this. Coming on to myself, oh, okay, this, this is a very universal question. Mm. As you all know, my name is Amin. Um, yeah, I'm 45, I'm married, I have two kids. One is a 15 year old daughter, one is a 10 year old son. Um, did my schooling, uh, born and brought up in Bangalore, proper Bangalore. Grandparents from Bangalore, everybody from Bangalore. So I'm a very, very proud Bangalorean. Uh, yeah, I did my schooling uh, in uh, Bishop Cottons. Uh, went up to do my PUC in Sheshadri uh, That is a huge difference between <laughs> <laughs> and going to a college of uh, Sheshadri Puram caliber. I uh, didn't know what to do. Uh, I did not have any kind of uh, uh, goals or uh, or ambitions or anything like that it just went to the flow of of my life uh, very laid back I never used my intelligence in anywhere or any or any kind of academy or something but was very interested in sports uh, was a, was a was a team member of my school in Shuk- in Shuk- and participated in both the basketball and as in football i was a goalkeeper in in uh, football uh, very good in extracurricular activities. It went on to different engineering days. I still remember I had come into BMS College of Engineering Engineering and won some accolades from a college. Uh, this was for the dumb Sharads, where you had to actually move into the backstage and actually give out a narration with uh, all kind of different voices. So imitation has been in my blood. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So I did something, and I did uh, a few, and then, and then, I just went on and did my CET just because I wanted to do the CET. Just because everybody wanted to uh, me to do a CET uh, exam. And, uh, fortunately, I got a dental seat, but I rejected it. Uh, even though I was a beggar, uh, and I could, uh, and I didn't have anything to do, but still, I rejected it and went into do my engineering. And I still don't know why I did my engineering because. I went there and I sat in front of the CET board. There were a lot of television screens across me. And uh, there was one seat that was available. It was called uh, it was Telecommunication Engineering Code K and it is available in Ambedkar Institute Technology. I said, Yeah, wow, yeah, this looks good. It, is, it looks like everybody wants it and there's only one seat available. Why <laughs> I <have it? laughs> I never knew any anything about this telecommunication engineering, but fortunately, I went in and and after the uh, and after the thought process uh, i came to know that there were only about 135 seats in Karnataka and only 35 seats in each college so there were only five six colleges that had it not a, not at all a good run in my engineering. took some time to clear and after that uh, i moved on to very small roles i i was i was actually in a bus on and on on uh, you know going towards shivaji nagar in bangalore where i saw on a board There was a Satyam Cafe administrator role, and it was written on a small piece of a 4 size paper. And my eyesight was good there. (laughs) That is why I could actually read it out from my, uh, you know, the windows, uh, the the window of the bus. So I got down straight away uh, at the stop and came back, and I asked for it. Uh, And there was an interview. It was One of the worst interviews I've been in my life. Uh, The other person never knew what he was talking about or what he wanted. He just knew that I was an engineer and I'm out looking for a job and he said yes, because the fellow couldn't even speak good English. So I took it up, um, the salary was 2,500 per month. So that is there where I am and then I moved on to be a, a system administrator in Healthcare Matrix that was a US subsidiary company, I worked there for two years. By the way, cafe administrator I worked for two years huh? uh, and it was a <laughs> it was a tough job. Uh, that is where I actually honed my skills in uh, marketing and selling because there's a lot of people coming in, and that is where when I actually knew what an internet cable was, or what was internet, and what was a RAM, and what was a hard disk, and stuff like that. Because engineering, no one teaches that. Uh, post that, I joined Hewlett Two years, again, there I was a system admin. I did a lot of stuff in LAN, WAN, set up a firewall, all all standalone things uh did there for two years and i was in uh, i was in a company of a lot of very very superior doctors Just five doctors who were handling the, you know the company uh, i still remember dr ashok dr vijay and a lot of other people and that was a startup actually and uh, i had a fear of doing a lot of startup stuff but that has died down after the, after this i joined uh, hp uh very, very short period. I, I believe it was for 10 months. And I got bored of it only because of the nightlife. Uh, you had to go in and do your duties and your, uh, uh, we used to call it graveyard timings. Like the cab used to come at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the night and the ships back at 2 o'clock in the morning. And i had a lot of reasons to also bunk hp you know always used to say you know there's something happening in the house i need to go back a lot of things a lot of smart uh, things to go around and and picking up some morning duties uh but this this was a year which was uh, which is not really good um, uh, this was a year which was not really good um, because my mom uh, it, uh, not good in the sense it was a mixture because this was the year that i got married this was the year that I lost my mom. And this was the year that my daughter was also born. So very, very mixed kind of uh, year. In uh, 2006, I, I joined Tesco. In 2006, early, I actually took my first steps in an aeroplane. I never saw the airport. I never saw a flight. And that was the first time that I sat in an aeroplane. And I thought I would definitely die because I would never land, land back again. Somehow... I returned back and joined Tesco as a as a what is what it was it was actually a what is it called system support or something and I had to actually help people in UK to fix their computers and then I was promoted to fix their servers then I became uh, a team leader to actually uh, you know manage 42 people. And uh, this was the third line of support. So that was a huge, huge kind of a promotion. You know, in six years, you are actually being promoted four times. Uh, Then I went to UK, of course. uh, And it was really great to see uh, London, Heathrow, good amount of international exposure. Stayed there for three to four months, did some good projects, came back. Uh, After Tesco, it was, I think, six years, uh, four years I worked in Tesco. Then um, uh, Saudi economy, uh, I was actually praying to Allah that I get something in Saudi just to go to Makkah and Allah heard me. Um, and one fine day during the Ramadan, I got a call from a Chennai person and he talked absolutely nonsense. I could not even figure out what he we was praying about. But he said, Listen, your, your ticket is there and you need, need to go to Delhi to attend an interview. And uh, this was where I met my uh, future manager, uh, Saudi. Uh, and i was uh and i was um uh fasting uh i finished my travel and fasting did my interview in fasting came back to the airport and i thought i would never meet up but again he called me and said please come but, but we would all laugh it took me nine months to go to Saudi <laughs> nine months after i got the awful letter it's only because of the visa anyway i i first stepped into uh, the lands, the holy lands, uh, uh, in Saudi in 2010. I was fortunate enough that uh, my elder sister was there to hold uh, hands, and uh, I stayed there only for two years because I do not stay in any role for more than three to four years. I always change. After two years, I, you know, you know, my back uh, starts scratching, and I have to move out. And now it's two years here, so it has already started to scratch. Um, after two years, I did an interview with Kimberly Clark, moved from Jeddah to Damam. Normally, people do not move out of Jeddah; they prefer to die in Jeddah, but I moved out i I worked there for three years and again, I moved to India in Damam. I used to manage all the seven countries of GCC in uh, Savola group. I was there for two years in Jeddah and I managed the whole Savola group uh, moved to GCC for Kimberly Clark. Then again, they said, "Will you move out to India to manage India business?" I moved out to um, in 2015 um, to India, based out of Pune, because the head office was in Mumbai. Uh, worked there for two years. Then I prayed to Allah that I just want to stop uh, doing a lot of travel because Kimberly Clark really, really, really punishes you with travel because so much of domestic and international travel. I totally forgot my time zones as well. Uh, after which. Uh, you know, I was in Bangalore for about two years, and this came in knocking. I said, uh, "I have been into cleaning business. Now let me get into food business of beverages and uh, CSD." I thought, "Let's go into that." So normally, you see, if you look at my career, uh, I think from 2010 I have been in Regal and CPJ, and this is an area which uh, very less of talent is available. Uh, you might get a lot of IT people in many other sectors, but in FMCG and CPG, it's a very, very niche area where you need to understand the entire gamut of the products from, from raw materials to finished goods, then going into the customer and reaching out to the markets. So this is where technology really works. I have never spoken about technology. I'm sure I would definitely speak in the. So this has been a very, very short uh,
0: introduction. I can definitely talk more. But this is where I stand now. Yeah. I, I like the point where you said uh, people who once get to Jeddah, they like to die over there. I personally relate to that a lot because my family, I remember when we were moving out from Jeddah and coming back to India for an education. Oh, God. It was an emotional roller coaster. My dad is still there. However, my mom still craves to go back to Jeddah. And any moment and any opportunity she gets, she is on that flight. And uh, I have heard so many times her also saying that that she would certainly want her uh, old age to be in uh, Jeddah, Makkah, and Medina. But yeah, that that was certainly a very good introduction. I'm sure nobody. Uh, <laughs> I mean, such a happening graph. I feel sad about myself. I I'm, I'm in such a course. I have to be in the same place, even if my brat scratches. I have to still continue for 14 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What I
1: what I really liked uh, was the fact that, you know, uh, as he was talking about his story, there's this one point where you say that, you know, your first job, literally, you were going in the bus and you saw this because even till this day, uh, in Bangalore, on these threes, you have these uh 4 sheets where it says, oh, call this number, you know, we'll pay you 10,000, we'll pay you 5,000, we'll pay you 6,000. Nobody takes them... Uh, Seriously. But the fact that you saw that and you took that and now, you know, you're talking to us as an IV head. Uh, that, that shows, like, that's the starting point and that's the end point and, and, and the line that connects them. Uh,
2: I mean, those were very desperate times. Desperate times ensures that your eyes and ears are always on the lookout for those opportunities. And believe me, Allah and Atre, everybody should be in a good position that they all get, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, well-placed. Is uh, sucked into these uh, what do you call uh, placement guys who actually come into your colleges. But there was no placement guy who actually came into my college. You know, those were the days. Yeah, it was nineteen nineties. You know, two thousands and late two thousand, uh, early two thousand, where engineers were. I don't know. We, we were all like peanuts. You know, you could just find any anybody. <laughs> Just, just, just try to throw a stone, and I'm sure it would go and hit either an engineer or a doctor or a nurse. So there were <laughs> so, so many of them that I was, I was really petrified, and I had to see. Look, in life you have to start somewhere. right? It's not that. And there was a, and believe me, Allah showed me a lot of things. There were a lot of opportunities in call centers. Call centers were coming up, but I never wanted to be a, you know, in that call center. But Allah made me go through that. That Akapurpana was cut very, very early in my life. And when, when I went to HP, uh, that was where, when I actually saw the call center, the way they work, people really, really smoked their hearts out. But imagine at the time when everybody sleeps, you come back and then I was newly married and then you come back to your home and then your wife tends to close all the windows with, with dark curtains so that you can get some sleep. How much sleep do you get? Three, four hours? Five hours? And then your mom is really, really sick at hospital. You take your bike, run to your hospital you know, drive to the hospital and I never knew how I even drive. You know, those are the very tough times. Then, 2005, 2006 have been quite tough. And then after that, it has been a pretty much good journey. But people should understand that uh, you will never get uh, success unless and until you go through those tough times, those tremendous pre- times, through those very bad times, bad memories. These are the ones
0: which actually charge you uh, every day to actually do, do much, much better. I heard Virat Kohli saying in one of his interviews. I'm not really a very a big fan of his aggression, but a few things which he says quite hits hard. So one uh, student asked him, how do you man deal with failure?" So he says that failure and setbacks are the things which give you lessons, life lessons. Success just boosts your ego. So as uh, Sir said, that uh, failures are the actual things which charge you up, and what? Okay.
1: Uh, I'm going to ask this one question, which which I think is like this popular uh, portrayal of the corporate world. And I'm asking this because your graph, uh, I mean, uh, throughout your graph, you've mostly been involved in the corporate world. In movies, etc., they often show these high-level executives as, you know, these cruel people with uh, no emotions whatsoever. Uh, You know, they come inside the hall with their suits and they say, okay, this, 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 done, done. And they have that uh, Starbucks coffee on one hand. How true is this when it comes to the actual corporate world? as in is empathy important in the actual corporate world
2: yeah yeah that is a that is a, that is a very good question Ayman. Uh, uh, whatever you see on the silver screen uh, never never take it uh, seriously it is it is one of the it is one of the you know those kind of portrayals where it is very you know it is a lot of bigotry and prejudice whether which is which is really really wrong Uh, I, I have started to manage people, uh, in the year 2007 in Tesco. Uh, whether you do your engineering from IIT, whether you do your management from IAM, whether you do your uh, Harvard Business School or Oxford or Stanford, look, we are all humans. We are all humans. Leadership is built in your blood. Leadership is there in your character. if you do not have sympathy and empathy, you are bound to fail as a leader in your team. There that is, that's a, that's a, that's a, and that no one teaches across the globe. Leadership, you know, there is certain things. Look, you can, you can, you can be a leader, but leadership cannot be taught. That is what I've always been. Uh you know, for example, I had uh, around 25, 30, I think it was 32 people when I was there in Tesco in the last years of my Tesco when I was the team leader for the entire server support. You know, my my uh sentence or my direction towards the team was very, very less. I never used to talk to them. Never. Uh I used to tell them only very few things. Do your job, period. Number two, no escalations to me, period. Number three, don't come and ask for leaves or want to go early. Number four, if you want to have a leave, talk to your friends. Anybody wants to stand in for you people? You want to watch a movie? Want to go on a smoke? Want to go on a a mango trip journey? Whatever, bakwas. I don't care. I want the job to be done. Number two, I don't want escalations. Number three, I don't want you to come for me and say that I need a holiday or a vacation. That same similar situation, scenario is there until this day. A leader is a failure without the team. A leader succeeds because of his team. If a leader, if a team fails, the leader is in front. If a team wins, the leader is at the back. So always this is this is what really happens, and this is what I really do. This is where uh, actually the leadership role lies in uh, and first of all, I keep telling my team, anything bad happens, you need to inform me. Don't stop anything. Uh, good news, you can stop, no issues. Bad news, always stand up and say, sir, I have something to say. So bad news is the first thing that you have, always have to tell your um, your leaders and for me, it is my CEO. If anything bad happens, look, there is something happening at the manufacturing line, something happened that has closed, or there is a system issue that has happened and all the lorries have stopped. I'll be the first one. Look, there's a problem there without him coming to know from somebody else. Good news, yes, something has happened. You know, tracks are moving out faster, systems are good, everything moving fine. No need. The news will come up to him. The people will start talking about technology. The success of technology is not about innovation. The success of technology is all about people using the technology. I'm not happy if my one of the softwares are used only by two people. I'll be the happiest if a thousand people use my software, you know. So that is called the success of technology. And uh, and without sympathy and empathy, it's a total waste. You 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 go into LinkedIn, you go into the leaders talking about themselves, talking about, uh, yeah, you know, what time they get up. And you know, I'm not bothered about what time they get up and what time they sleep and all that. I'm just bothered about how they treat people. The moment you look at them, the way they treat people, You can easily take a decision that whether he's a good boy or a bad boy. And there are two things when you join a job. Always ensure your wife knows it, she is aware of it, what what is the job. Second, ensure that your manager is good. If these two people are happy, you are happy. If one of them is sad,
1: I would would just say, (laughs) take care. (laughs) For those of you, I mean, for those of our uh, viewers who want a live demonstration of what he spoke of uh, leaders who only talk about themselves, I'd just like to add a footnote that uh, recently there was a particular leader of a particular country whose particular elections just now finished uh, and he had a knack for particularly speaking about himself, particularly on a social platform called Twitter and we all know how the outcome has come out recently. So if you're getting the reference, good for you. Okay. Uh, I also
0: understand why uh, and as sir said uh, you should be informing all the bad things to the leader first now I understand why do you tell me all the things which happen in your life especially all the bad ones but But, yes sir on a serious note the follow up question uh, you had a few set of rules that this should be done. If you want to take a leave, this should be done. Someone should stand up for you. Now, who, who is your role model in a sense that who has laid down in your subconscious mind that you should be leading your particular group or your tribe in this particular manner? So where do you derive that uh, instincts, inspiration and principles from?
2: It's a basic manner. It's a basic character. It's a basic etiquette. And it's a basic Islamic way of life. And you want to Beautiful. have a role it's nothing but propetulism. That's it. Uh, the way he used to talk to people, you know, <laughs> the way he used to talk, to, you know, shake hands
0: with people. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a very genuine uh, thing. So, that's that's beautiful. Yes. Uh, all right. So, for example, I'll take my thing into only perspective. So, when we start from medicine, uh, we start dreaming. What do we end, want to end up as? For example, I want to hopefully, inshallah, end up as a cardiothoracic surgeon. It will take me quite some time, but uh, I'm ready to give that in since I've joined. So in your journey, half of your life is spent on uh, studying. Probably more, because looking at the pollution (laughs) levels and all, (laughs) the average expectancy is certainly going down. But uh, Allah has the uh, ultimate decision. So what I want to ask is, is this the position that you are in? Uh, Did you imagine it? Or what is like that? pinnacle that you want to reach in terms of that corporate ladder or through a startup? Where do you want to end up at? Like, where is that final goal?
2: Look, guys, i tell you one thing. I've been keeping on saying this to my team and again, I keep on saying this to my daughter as well. You need to be ambitious. You need to have that goal. You need to have that goal post that does not change. You cannot have a goal post that keeps from left to right and middle to center. You cannot do it. And it and I I think Naiman knows this and my elder sister knows this. From when I was, I don't know, from the very early ages of of my life, you know, I'm always thinking of of big stuff. Like for example, uh, if my father is earning three thousand rupees in those days, maybe in nineties, eighties, seventies, whenever he retired, per month, I was looking at a house in Indranagar which was costing one lakh rupees a rent. I'm talking about in in the year 1992, and I used to tell my mother, you know, we, you know, we have to go and uh, actually stay there. Uh, and my mother used to say, this guy always talks in lakhs, not in thousands. You know, but but the aspirations have to be there. You know, for example, uh, why do you need to just buy a watch? Why can't it be a Rolex? Why do buy, why do you want to when you want to buy a car? Why why is it always that you want to buy a small hatchback? At least, why can't you buy a setup? Okay, if you want to buy a hatchback, why don't you just at least go in for a setup? At least you buy a hatchback, right? So, goal is very, very, very important in my life. Uh, I, have, but, uh, but to answer a question, I never thought that I would come into this particular position. Never, never, ever. I, you know, I just went as a flow. But I was ambitious. I never used to sit and get content. You know, there was there was no containment or, you know, that I have to stay in his life. You know, for so, you know, for example, my father, if he if he has joined a you know, company 30 years back, all of these guys resigned from a particular role, resigned from a particular uh, office after nearly 60 years uh, of their life, you know, 30, 40 years they spent in their life. And if you want to achieve success, you cannot achieve success by just, you know, sitting on, you know, back on your chair and uh, not taking on risks. I would have not been in this position had I not left Jeddah. I would have not been in position had I not left Amma. I would have not been in position had I not left uh, Pune, Bangalore, and then come here, right? So, else, else, you know, my friends who were there in my team, in my same position, we are still in Tesco, managing the same team, in the same role. It's 15 years, guys. That fellow has lost 15 years of opportunities. So, either you sit there and rot. And uh, you know, your cutting edge and your your knife and your sword and your talent skills all get rusted. Or you keep sharpening your skills and go up the ladder. You know, guys, look, I don't have IIT, I am not an IIT, and I am not an IAM, I am not an any Harvard, blah, 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 blah. I'm just a normal IT guy, well, Have having good roots. And I always wanted to manage a team, and that is how I went on to. In a particular area. So, there
1: is no secret sauce here. So, moving on, uh, one of the questions uh, that I wanted to ask was uh, pertaining to something that's sort of like a new trend in the corporate world uh, as well, which is the focus on uh, sustainability. So, there are lots of versions of that coming. To give a specific example, uh, recently, Apple, uh, in their iPhone 12, said that we, uh, you know, we have taken out the charger uh, because it has a lower carbon to, uh, I mean, CO2 emission, etc. As someone who is the IT head of a big company like Pepsi and Oman, et cetera, uh, is sustainability in the corporate world something that uh, companies are taking very seriously? And if they are, uh, is the motive to take it seriously, you know, coming from a genuine place to have an impact on the environment? Or is it just so that, oh, if we adopt the
0: sustainability slogan, people will like our brand better, etc.? In, in short, he's asking, uh, are there job opportunities for me in future or not? That's, that's <laughs> not. <laughs> Look, um,
2: climate change and sustainability is a very, very honest truth. Uh, we are, we are, have, you know, PepsiCo has a very, very big corporate uh, uh, responsibility towards the climate and towards people to ensure that our operations are very, very sustainable. Uh, so for example, our aluminum cans definitely are recyclable. Our glass bottles definitely are recyclable. Uh, what is not recyclable? What is not recyclable is those tetra packs. You know, but even those are paper, which can be, uh, which, which, which can be you know, recycled. But not, now what they're thinking is actually having a bottle which looks like glass, but which is made out of paper. So these are a lot of innovation that is actually coming up. Uh, we, we are also thinking of going green in our trucks, in our distribution trucks. We are actually putting up solar panels on our manufacturing and ensuring that 40, 50 percent of our power consumption comes from solar. We are actually going having. We uh, would like to have electric vehicles uh, for our for, for our people um, uh, who you know who have these distribution trucks around. We would love to have our head office operations uh with solar energy. you would love to have our data center operations on solar energy. Microsoft has already done that. You know, they have they have put the entire data center into an ocean and you know, recently they pulled it out. Like I don't know whether it's five years, ten years, twelve years, and they lost and uh, not lost, they, they gained a lot of money and money is a totally different scenario. But you know, keeping the entire data center cool and not ensuring the lot of air conditioning that is happening and then having a big carbon footprint there are many many ways of doing this and uh, once the necessity comes in the innovation automatically comes in once the seriousness comes in the innovation comes in once the money is pushing the innovation comes in once you're pushed into a corner the innovation comes in and most of the uh, and and the biggest concern is how do you project your corporate uh, you know social responsibility towards the people who are actually your consumers you are concerned about sustainability you are you would like to not use Fossil energy for your operations, so this is very very important, and ID definitely uh, you know leads uh, uh, you know this particular aspect of it, and more than that, I think it's from the manufacturing. More than that, it is from the distribution that you know most of this um, energy and uh, you know sustainability operations come in. So I've given you a lot of uh, angles into it. I know PepsiCo Global has investing billions of dollars into this aspect. And one, and one and the other aspect that we are investing billions of dollars is into artificial intelligence, machine language, and, and as well as from the data science, and you know how AI can really, you know, uh, you know, have a connect with with your with the consumers. But the problem is, that 20 years back, 10 years back, 15 years ago, we never had that kind of a. You know the you know data that was coming, and now you have petabytes of data. Petabytes of data. What Amin is doing on Facebook. What Amin is doing on YouTube. What Amin is doing. What kind of ad he's looking in. What kind of videos he's looking. In, what is that one link that he's clicking on? to, Why is he clicking on? to, When you get an SMS with a link, why does he click only on that SMS link? There are huge, huge, uh, you know, ways uh, of getting uh, in touch. Basically, you know, in 2006, when I was in UK, there was actually a camera when uh, at the entrance of of a Tesco store, and it actually maps your face, and they know this person particularly comes on this Wednesday at this time, and what he wants, what he picks up, where he goes, which store, what is line of sight. Uh, If I'm five feet four inch, which ale of which depth of which size and which color will Pull my eye around. Which kind of packaging actually pulls you there? Why is chocolates and gums and all this always at your uh, cashier desk? Uh, You know, uh, you know, if 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 you look at the green vegetables, why is it arranged from lighter green to darker green? Why is all the fruits arranged in one similar fashion, one similar style? And you know, which kind of pattern does a consumer go in once he enters into a retail store? It's, it's, it's amazing, you know, that is consumer science. And that is one aspect that I really, really love. Now Amazon has come up with a, with, a, with a retail brick and mortar store where people can just push in a cart and just throw in whatever you want. It's already built it. You, you have your cart detail there, you come out. I don't know how much more or how much easy the life would be. And this is where the entire IT science goes in and it is all thanks to the amount of data that is being captured. Everywhere you go, wherever you go, Google knows it. Now Zoom knows that you're 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 you actually talking with me, you're spending this time and with your friend and me and uh, I am here in mustard and you people are there. We have this and we they have this particular you know data. Now they will they will shift the data or they will merge the data with probably WhatsApp, with probably Facebook, or with the Instagram, with you know, all the social media, you know, what are his political affiliation? What does he like? What does he, you know, what, what, what he does not want to eat or what he hates and what kind of videos you like, you know, when once you go into YouTube, you will know the algorithm running at the back end. You will know Facebook algorithm running at the back end. Once you start seeing a political clip which you don't like about X, Y, Z, you will get only videos of only that particular person being criticized. Uh, if, you, if you start loving a, you know, one person singer, you see it's astronomical uh, and then you get those particular ads of your favorites of why you're doing this you just have a, you know, a have a quick look and and it's and that is sometimes scary sometimes i'm um, you know we should be proud of the fact that your digital footprints are basically everywhere so rather than gone are the days where you could uh, you know you know hide in a hole uh, it's very difficult and that is the reason i'm always away from social media I was very, very in early stages of Facebook when it was gone, I was there for about a year or two and then I, I said, salon. I, I don't want to be, but WhatsApp, it's a bloody necessity and I do not like it. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a big pain, especially if you are in corporate responsibility. People just drop a message and, and, and then manage and expect you to do a lot of things out of it. There is no Saturday, no Sunday, no 12 o'clock, no 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, it, this is a continuous pain. And anyway, uh, as part of the change and as part of the job responsibility, you accept it and actually move forward. But that is where it is, and this is where uh, life will move on. Maybe in the next ten years, uh, maybe in the in the in, in the next ten years, uh, it would be different.
0: True.
1: To uh,
0: as you said, it is very scary because when we were just learning how to build a podcast what mediums should be used what website should we approach and all of that you won't believe me but till this date all those side advertisements are about podcasts and yeah. uh, I, I, yeah, I also make uh, videos on YouTube because the lockdown has made uh, everyone discover unexplored sides of them so I am a good gen I mean generally I'm a good public speaker okay so But still, you need to bag your videos with good amount of research. You just can't come out on the public platform and blabber whatever you want to. So there were a few instances where I searched something about public speaking and all. And till date, all the ads which I see on YouTube also, I get on public speaking. So as you said, digital footprints are very scary. And as you said, uh, Amazon and all are automating the entire process. So there's this famous phrase which goes, automation is going to steal your job. So in our... uh, I mean, till the time our generation matures enough to come into uh, your uh, age and probably lead some team. How, how do you think automation is going to change our lives? I think One that's of really the biggest, of biggest uh, myths I've ever, ever heard in my life
2: that automation is going to change <laughs> our uh, That is never going to happen. Uh, every, every technology has its expiry date. Uh, every IT has got its own uh, dynamism. Uh, every five years software changes um, so there is no place of uh, automation you know uh, you know stealing jobs no that's not going to have to do it's very simple just 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 take into fact that this this for an example uh, there is a manufacturing line with a lot of data coming in so what do you do there you just put a small automated software what does it do it reads the data It says, yeah, yeah. Look at this average of this speed of this time, and you know this amount of packs come out, and this amount of uh, this is the efficiency of the machine. This is how many cases will come out, and how you increase it at this particular time. This particular machine of that particular part number will be uh, will will have to be replaced. What and there are certain processes that can be automated. For example, in finance, there is something called account receivable, and what does this guy do? He just receives all the checks. So can we automate the process? It's not about replacing the guy. It's just about having in more agility. So what we do: the checks come in, probably as a as a, as in a postal. Somebody actually pulls the checks and puts it in the machine. That's it. The checks get scanned. It goes to the bank. Bank gets pushes pushes the money. The money comes in into our account. The reconciliation is done. It goes into our ERP system. And it's done. Earlier, what used to happen: this sort used to take the check. He does not use to send. He goes to the bank, standing in the queue, put the check into the bank, come back. After a day, the statement comes, Take the statement, check in area. PR yeah, received, this Somebody has to now. It's all It's, all, it's all automated. For example, uh, we have Lulu here. We have carrefour here, and they have a purchase order for us, right? So what do they do? They they can send their purchase orders in an Excel sheet. It could be over a phone call. It could be on an email or it could be a PDF. So what do we do? We receive this on a single system. The single system reads, but it will never give you 100% accuracy, right? So if they ask for 100 cases of Pepsi and 100 cases of view, it might read 100 cases and 99 cases of view. But somebody out there is looking at it. Yeah, it not. Somebody makes a change. So what happens? PO comes in, we receive the PO, order is done, distributes, we get the money, all this is automated. So what we are planning, what we do is basically we're trying to not walk, we are trying to run. And when we try to run, we try to make use of the systems. And when we try to make use of the system, we just try to automate it, that's it. And automation is like 24 bars and right. Uh, You know, a human is sitting from morning eight to five. He cannot sit 24 hours. So there are certain aspects of life, there are certain aspects of machinery, there are certain aspects of of processes that need 24 bars of life. Amazon runs in 24 7. We need this. It's all about where and which part of globe and what kind of things we are doing for this AI to come in. It's a myth. It's a hoax. Nobody can replace humans. This is, this is guaranteed. And to make AI better and better, we need brains, right? And AI
1: cannot generate its own algorithms. It can never do that i just extend uh, on that uh, question a little bit talking about the current uh, scenario covid so we see lots of like i remember when initially covid had come uh, they, they, like there were these big uh, headlines of you know this branded company has shut down uh, so many stores etc you know like and all that okay. but as someone who's who, who's been at, at at an executive position of a big company what has been the on ground impact of Covid has the company managed to see an opportunity in this pandemic, or has it really just affected uh, for the worse?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's an awesome question. Given at the point that we are, at. And no one expected last year at this point of time that we are going to be stuck with this pandemic. No one prepared for it. No one thought about it. No one, uh, you know, uh, even imagined in their wildest dreams that we would not be able to shake hands. That we need to maintain social distance. They would be who and who we are. We are a consumer packaged goods industry. And when we talk about CPG, it's all about consumption. And what will happen when a city locks down? The consumption goes down. For certain factors, the consumption go went up, like chips. What do you do sitting at home? You would munch on something. Uh, what do you do uh, sitting at home with, with kids? Uh, when they don't have anything to do or work, the only thing they do is to munch, and they would definitely want to munch and chips. they would definitely want to uh, you know come up with uh, some chocolate drinks or chocolates or... so certain things consumption definitely went up a bit, but general trend was we easily saw a drop of thirty percent in your net sales uh, why the restaurants were closed, coffee shops are closed. Uh, retail shops are working at very very less amount of time and nobody wants to go to a retail store to pick up uh, you know something that they want to something that they want that they can live without right because your financial uh, stability came down people started to save so for example if I go to car phone and I used to spend hundred money we uh, during the lockdown I would always want to have some kind of balance to you know for for a rainy day so I, what I do with, if I go with my wife, I would say, do you really need this? I think chawal, dal is much better. Let's take that for the moment, and let's push all this for a later day. So this is what happened. Uh, so yes, definitely it has gone down, and people who were fully dependent on walk-in customers and who had their own businesses had no choice but to close because 15 days, three days, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks of closure and to pay the rentals and to pay the labor. They had no other option but to go, but big companies, big CPDs were able to push out because they were consumer product. They, it, these products had to be in the market. For example, we manufacture aquafina water. Water is a basic necessity. I'm not saying any other thing, but the, for us, it is, it's a basic necessity. The government will ensure that we don't stop working because we stop working, aquafina goes down. But the water goes down. So Alhamdulillah, in that sense, I was a bit, uh, I was a bit, uh, uh, you know, not safe. Uh, else, I would have been uh, on a plane back to Bangalore, maybe one year
0: True, true, very true. Uh, lots of business-related question. We'll uh, wrap up on the last one. This is slightly so many things happening in your professional life. How do you manage that pressure coupled with the pressure from your family, your the children and spending time with them? How, how does all of them go together in one hand?
2: Once you once you once you get married and become fathers and you see the amount of pressure that comes up, you know, always what happens is uh, I don't you know, I don't know how to say this. Because the priorities change. The priorities change. So do Karmachato Abhi because once you get married the priorities change. Uh, your your kids' priority is number one. Okay, they need a MacBook or they need an iPad or they need something else. Uh, so I think that is a more of a more priority. Or the or, or or the food, their drinks, that thing. Uh, father being a father believe me guys, it, it is it is a tough opposition. But uh, on the other aspect, it is a very uh, very peaceful transition into into fatherhood because the moment you go back uh home and you see your two kids running towards you or cajoling up to you and cuddling and talking things of their age, 10 years and 15 years, and trying to connect them uh, on with their frequency and bandwidth, uh, suddenly like you're tuning channels from AM to FM. Uh, like you're in a corporate and you talk all big things and strategy and vision and something. And then once you leave the door of your office and enter the door of your house, uh, there, there are three transmitters. One is your wife and one is your 10 year old, one is your 15 year old, all wanting to connect with you. Those the responsibilities, but it's fun. Believe me, it's fun and Allah, inshallah, will, uh, will give you all the strength and all, and all the barakah to, to ensure that, uh, you know, you, you people are, turn out to be good father but it's a uh, very rewarding, very, very rewarding every day. Uh, when you, when you start seeing your small children grow up into, into, into successful people, and that is actually your reward. An actual reward is not your house, your car, anything, but actual reward is your children growing up to be successful, and then praying uh, for their parents uh, in the future. So that is one one thing that you really be proud of. Uh, so now I still now I still remember, and now I I I, I really think that I should have had more children rather than just two, uh, you know,
0: maybe four or six. Uh, always, always, always better to have lot more children. Alright, that, mashallah, that was such a beautiful uh, explanation. I'll ask my mom right away to speed up my bride-looking process after hearing all of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. By the uh, way, I
1: always wanted to marry earlier.
2: 27 was a very late age for me. I always wanted to marry when I was 23 or
0: 24. <laughs> I'm 21, so probably... Uh, there is no that's great do you have any words <laughs> like, I... <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, why
1: are you pointing it at me I mean like... <laughs> no no for
2: him for him for him I am there so I will ensure that uh, you know he is not
0: going that's, that's great that's great Rick, do you want to wrap up because after yeah, that I'll tell yeah. my wrapping up so once. I
1: think I, I think we've had uh, a lot of interesting conversations because we started off on a technical note and then we spoke about the journey and we spoke about various uh, technical stuff, like for example, uh, the impact of business on various fronts. And then I think we also had a little bit of laugh where we uh, spoke about some more uh, personal questions and all that. So I think this was a very wholesome episode in in, in total, if you look at it. Uh, it, it, it was a very 360 uh, sort of an episode. So I definitely had a wonderful time. I was looking forward to this episode
0: for quite some time. Dev, do you have any concluding words? Yes. So what I basically do is, for our listeners, they already know, but for our guests, so, while the conversation is going on, I jot down some very heart-touching moments and then I uh, arranged them for the end. So, here it is. <clears throat> a journey which started from a bus window. From a 2,500 rupee employed cafe administrator to someone who was skipping through his graveyard timings with loads of emotional roller coasters. But one thing he had... He wrote on his ambitions. He cut edges and he kept conquering through life and still believes that there's a very huge road ahead of him. A family man, a businessman, a corporate world leader. I mean, mean, sir, we are really happy to have you on our AZ podcast. And I cannot imagine any way we could have started this without you. Thank you so much for me. It's a it's a pleasure, guys.
2: And uh, being young and uh, talking to people is always very very
0: good. Um,
2: I would uh, wish you all the success. Uh, Talk to good amount of people, good number of people. You will hear lot of sense, lot of um, lot of good points that will really help you in your life. Uh, You know, always you know, pick pick those good points and be some good people. And I wish. Definitely the success that. I have gone through from past 20 years. Uh, it's just not uh, uh, complete without a mention of my mother, who ensured that her only son um, studies and uh, becomes successful in 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 the best school. And the best school in Bangalore was Bishop Cotton's, and I'm a very very true proud Cottonian. Um, What I am now is wholly and solely because of the, uh, you know, the entire ecosystem that cotton's built uh, for its students. So, uh, you know, I'm ever grateful to my teachers and uh, to my school. And uh, post uh, my marriage, uh, I would, uh, you know, uh, I would love to speak about my wife, Shazia, and my two children, Alina, who's 15, and Omar, who's 10. Uh, who always uh, are very very supportive uh, in my career. You know, it could be late nights. I'm not at home. Cancelled appointment appointments. Dinner. Um, you know, taking them out and suddenly moving them uh, uh, inside home to attend an urgent meeting. Uh, cutting down on their travel. Uh, you know, all ad hoc um, cancellations. It's all it's all um, very well received and very well um, uh, understood and you know my success to the family is very very uh, well reserved and um, very well uh, adjusted to by my family so um, if they had said no to my uh, relocations to several cities uh, within this uh, region I would have not achieved um, the success that I am so uh, uh, you know a big thank you and uh, and um, uh, you know there are there are there are few words that can really uh, show my gratitude towards my family
0: all right guys that was the end of the first episode on the season two i am hopeful that you had a great time we've got fun power-packed episodes lined up for the coming season you can follow us on our instagram handle the az.podcast I mean, uh, the podcast, But you get the point. Also, subscribe to whatever streaming platform is suitable for you. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically every streaming platform which exists out there. Some 8 platforms which I'm forgetting the names of. Alright, until next time, this is your host this I and my co-host Atiko Rahman Khan signing off.